0: How to get healing through humility. Hello my wonderful friends, this is Joseph Helen here and I'm bringing you another episode here on healing. The Holy Spirit loves you. He wants you healthy. He wants you strong. He wants your body to be in perfect health. And this is going to be possible through the Holy Word of God. I love you so much. And that's the reason why I bring you these episodes. How to get healing through humility. Now a humble person is the one whose trust and confidence is in the Lord. A humble person is the one whose trust and confidence is in the Lord. How does one place their trust and confidence in the Lord? When they know the word of God and when they do that word. For example, when the Bible says in Philippians 4 verse 4 that you should rejoice in the Lord and again Paul says rejoice a humble person immediately begins to rejoice. It doesn't matter what they're going through. It doesn't matter how hard situation or circumstances are. The moment you read that word, that is the Spirit of God speaking and immediately do what he says. Say, oh, I rejoice in you, O Lord. I will again and again rejoice. I thank you immediately start getting happy. You stop the sadness. You stop the sorrow. You switch off what was negative and switch on what's negative because the word of God cannot return void. It accomplishes the purpose for which it was sent. If you believe the Word of God and if you speak the Word of God and if you do the Word of God, you get exactly what the Word of God says. The Word of God becomes what it says because it's life. The Word of God is not literature. The Word of God is life. So if the Bible says rejoice, immediately start rejoicing. Even if your body is aching, even if your head is aching, even if you have whatever type of trouble, immediately begin to laugh. Begin to rejoice. Begin to celebrate. Say, I thank you, Lord. You have sent me a wonderful word and you tell me to rejoice. So I will rejoice. And again and again, I will rejoice. So that's how you put your trust and confidence in the Lord. When you do that, you qualify as a humble person. So humility is not posture, it's not gait. Humility is not how one walks. It has nothing to do with swag or a swagger. Humility has everything to do with listening to the word of God, hearing it, believing it, saying it, and doing it. Okay. Okay. Now, what's pride? Pride is when a person leans on their own understanding. When a person is feeling unwell and they think they know what to do without going to the Word of God to find out the truth. And when a person does that, they're proud when the bible says forgive somebody who's hurt you and you think it's too painful i will not forgive i'll hold a grudge against this person that's what we call pride when you lean on your own understanding of circumstances and situations and the vicissitudes of life so a humble person follows the word of god a pride a proud person follows and leans on their own understanding of a situation so there are certain people who think that it's god who is responsible for their suffering that's also pride they say why is god punishing me why is god allowing sickness in my body god does not allow sickness in anyone's body you allow sickness in your body because death and life are in the power of your tongue so if you speak life ultimately you'll enjoy the benefits of life and if you speak death ultimately you will reap the fruit of death you will end up dying so this is why when we say lord jesus come into our heart it's by the confession of our mouths, the confession of our tongues that we get salvation it's by what you say that you become saved it's also by what you say that you become dumb the bible says that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks so what fills your heart is what you will speak what fills your heart is what you will speak if What fills your heart is the word of God, you'll speak the word of God. And if that word is the word of life, then you will reap the fruit of life. If you speak what everyone else is speaking around you, leaning on your own understanding of the situation, or maybe just leaning on your academic training, which is mostly insufficient. You know, academic training is insufficient information, it's insufficient knowledge because it only deals with one aspect of things. For example, if you're an engineer, if you're an engineer, you will only find yourself knowing a lot about engineering. But the Word of God contains wholesome, wholesome, homogeneous type of knowledge and understanding. Okay, so if you only have one way of understanding things, then you'll always think everything should operate the way engineering operates. Okay, if you're a medical doctor, you always think everything should operate based on empiricism. But there's much more knowledge on this face of the earth given to us by the Holy Spirit. And this knowledge is all encompassed in the Holy Bible. And when you read the Holy Bible, you'll find that knowledge and it will benefit you. So pride is leaning on your own understanding. So trusting in the Lord is the same as knowing his word. Leaning on your own understanding is choosing to follow what's contrary to God's holy word. So humble people love God's word and they do it. Proud people don't get deep into God's Word. They know a little bit, and more often than not, proud people have a distorted view of the Word of God and sometimes an imbalanced understanding of the things of God, especially because they shoot off with only one strand of a part of Scripture and then they predicate and balance everything on it. So, to that extent, they only know a little bit. That can also bring you pride. The Bible says the letter of the law. the Bible also says that knowledge puffs up. There's a certain type of knowledge that will make you proud because it's imbalanced. It's incomplete. Okay? It's very little knowledge. So if you predicate everything upon little knowledge, you'll become proud. Okay? Now, The lives of proud people are ruled by their ignorance of spiritual realities if they know academic things they tend to ignore spiritual things they tend to think that emotional things are for the untrained or the uneducated so they tend to focus a great deal on the mind alone the psyche Mm-hmm. But they forget that the body of a human being has emotion as well. And there is a willful part of it as well. For example, a lot of what is called mental illness is really emotional trauma, emotional trouble. So they try to cure the mind, which really doesn't have any problem. And they leave the emotion, which is where the problem is. And that's the reason why most sicknesses can't be cured, you know, through medical science. Most sicknesses cannot be cured through medical science because most sicknesses are not found where medical science think. That sickness is. For example, I've just told you a lot of what is called mental health issues. is actually emotional health issue. We need to go to the feeling rather than the thinking. Okay. Of course, your thinking influences how you feel. But if there's trauma in your feelings, for example, if you're highly traumatized by fear, you're going to start operating in an irrational manner. So your emotion is what will interfere with your thinking, not the other way around. Okay, If you fix your emotion, then your thinking will be fine. You see, your mind influences your feelings, and your feelings can also influence your mind. Okay, So we need to find out exactly where the problem is. If the problem is is caused by fear, then we deal with the fear first. And fear is a spirit. We cast it out. After that, we train you to be strong and bold and to be brave. As the Bible says, that you should not fear. You have power, love, and a sound mind. So we train you on having power, using that power, and having love and using that love and having a sound mind and using that sound mind. So you see, fear can affect your mind and make your mind, make you mad. You know, if your mind is not sound, is not a mental issue already. The Bible says, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So a sound mind is a spiritual thing. You need a spirit that makes your mind sound. So you can deal with mental health issues by having the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind you see glory to god now if you look at the book of proverbs 3 verse 5 to 8 it says trust in the lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path be not wise in your own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil it shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones now the proud are wise in their own understanding They are wise in their own understanding. They don't want to be taught by the Holy Spirit. The humble embrace the wisdom of God. They get their wisdom and understanding from God's holy word. That is a humble person. Now, to get healing through humility, do the following. To get healing through humility, do the following. Number one, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I've already explained what that is. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart is getting into his word and then believing that word Saying that word and doing exactly what it says. Okay? If the word of God says, peace I give unto you. Peace I give unto you. You've got to say, oh, the Lord has given me peace. After that, start operating as a peaceful person. Because the word already has given it to you. So your work is to work it out. The Bible says, it's the Lord that works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So your work is to work out your own salvation with fear and reverence. You'll see reverential fear your job is to work it out it's like eating food after eating food get up and walk get up and work in the strength of that food you can do work you can be an athlete you can whatever it is you want to do but you see if you haven't eaten your physical body will be physically weak so when you eat now work that strength out by getting up and walking getting up to do the things you need to do okay so number one trust in the Lord with all your heart if you want to be healed through humility Number two, do not lean on your own understanding. That means don't follow how you see it. Don't follow your own opinion, your own mindset about matters. Instead, have the mind of Christ, the Bible says in Philippians 2 verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let this mindset, froneo, let this mindset be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. We have 1 Corinthians 2. We have the mind of Christ. Okay? Okay. So you need to use the mind of Christ, the understanding of Christ, not your own understanding. So always find out what Jesus says about things, not what your culture says about them, not what your uh, university says about them. As important as education is, education doesn't encompass everything, but the Bible does, okay? The Spirit of God gives us all knowledge, okay? Now, do not lean on your own understanding. That's number two. Number three, acknowledge God in all your ways. Don't just wake up and then just start going wherever. You say, Father, in Jesus' name, I depend on you right now as I go to the office to work. Father, in Jesus' name, I depend on you right now as I go for this meeting. I receive wisdom from you. I thank you that you're guiding me. I'm on top only not the bottom. That is called acknowledging God in all your ways. Before you call somebody, you say, Holy Spirit, give me the wisdom to speak to this person in a way that ministers grace and in a way that's going to benefit both of us. In the mighty name of Jesus. That's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. You see, that's acknowledging God in all your ways. Okay, number four, let him direct your paths with his holy word. So let him direct your path. Don't be stubborn. Don't do what you want the way King Saul did. King Saul was so stubborn that he went sacrificing. And when God told him to destroy the Amalekites, he saved the life of Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And God told him, no, I don't want you to save anything. I want you to destroy everything, including that king. He did not do what God said. You see, instead, he directed his own path. He did not allow God to direct him. So always listen. This is where prophecy comes in. Listen to that prophetic tone, the prophetic voice of God, which is also based on the word of God. You say, Father, in Jesus' name, I'm here ready to be guided by you. And then trust him. Trust that he will guide you. He heard your prayer. Okay, that does not mean that you need to pray to God, you know, for example, asking, oh, what dress should I wear today, oh Lord? Of course, he will tell you, he's a master communicator, but there's certain things that he allows you to take care of because he's also given you dominion and authority. When you've been given authority, it means you're trusted to make the right decisions based on the word of God. So you don't have to ask, okay, Lord, what should I eat today? Oh Lord, should I visit... um, this lady or should I not there are certain things that you just make decisions on because God trusts you as well remember he cannot ask you to trust him if he doesn't himself trust you so he trusts you to make certain decisions okay the only time you need to really pray is if you don't know what to do if you know that what you are doing is actually scriptural it's not against the word of God then just go ahead and do it for example calling somebody that's a beautiful thing because it's a sign of of love visiting someone it's a good thing But if you're on the road and the Spirit of God tells you, stop, go back home, then he might be protecting you from an accident, you see. Or he tells you, wait, there's a way that happens. You just find unnecessary delays coming your way. You want to go, but you find, oh, I forgot my phone, you're going back. And you want to go, and oh, I forgot the keys. You know, certain things seem to block your going. And your heart doesn't have peace in going to the place you wanted to go. The Spirit of God is telling you, maybe you should not go. Okay, and then uh, number five, have reverence for God and choose the path of wisdom and righteousness. If you do those five things, that is called humility, and that humility will bring you what healing. So the result of doing the five things that I've just mentioned here will be healing for your center of strength or your navel. Your navel, that belly button part of you there, is your your center of strength. Okay, your spirit connects to your body through your navel, if you did know. Your spirit, which is invisible, has a certain thing called a a silver cord. There's a silver cord that your spirit connects to your body. So your spirit is held in connection to your body through a certain thing that looks like an umbilical cord and it is called a silver cord. It actually looks silvery in the spiritual realm. So when one is about to die the angels come and they lose that silver cord they cut it literally the way the umbilical cord is cut when a baby is born it is cut off from the placenta you see so the baby connects to the mother through umbilical cord but your spirit connects your body through the silver cord you say where is scripture for this, let's look at Ecclesiastes 12, verse 67. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 67. The Bible says, Or before the silver cord is loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken, or the fountain, or the will be broken at the cistern, verse 7, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So, Ecclesiastes 12 talks about death. The death process. And it says that the the silver cord is loosed and the spirit returns to God who gave it. The losing of the silver cord is now the cutting of that spiritual umbilical cord so that your spirit is no longer connected to the body and the spirit is free to leave the body. And when the spirit leaves the body, the body is dead. James 2 verse 26 says a body without a spirit is dead. So when the spirit comes out of the body, the body dies. But when the spirit is in the body, it brings healing to that body. Okay, so your, nervo, your navel, your navel—that part where the umbilical cord was cut from, that belly button place, that navel—is an important part of your life and strength. It literally sustains you. It's the conduit of your that does your spirit uses. The conduit that your spirit uses to inject life into your body, to maintain your body, and to repair any damaged part of your body. Okay, so that's why Proverbs three verse eight says, "It shall be health." And the word "health" there's refuth. Uh, refuth simply means kiwa. So, the word of God shall be kiwa to your navel. Kiwa to that part of you where the silver cord connects to the body, that source of strength, that center of strength, center of healing, the place where life is injected, nutrition, spiritual nutrition is injected into your body. It is the part that enables your body to be animated. It's the part that enables your body to be hot and warm, warm, hot. You know, the heat That keeps you warm. That's where it is injected through. Through that silver coat part of your body. See, that's something doctors don't know about. (laughs) Okay, because it's spiritual. It's not visible. You cannot use scientific method for this. This just needs to have prophetic ability to be able to see. So it shall be health to your navel. refuf. there is kiwa. And marrow to your bones. So the word marrow is shiku. Now shiku is refreshment. like drinking water. Like moisture, yeah? It's like drinking water, refreshment. So the Bible says the word of God will water your bones, yeah? So the word maru is shiku to the bones. It's going to be water to your bones. It's going to, to make it supple. It will cure you from arthritis and any other skeletal problem or bone problems any issues do with your bone so if we fix your bones and we fix your marrow because blood comes out of the marrow then the blood that gets into your body will be healed it will be perfect and that's how every other part of your body is restored and remember god is happy to replace even organs of the body please believe that in heaven angel raphael has a go down a huge godown that contains body parts but they're in spirit form. So if somebody's kidney, for example, fails and we pray for them, Angel Raphael brings a brand new kidney and puts there. Of course, it's an operation. So the old one is removed and the new one is put in. But it's done in the spiritual realm first. Then it manifests slowly in the natural realm. And that sometimes takes time. You might still feel pain, but the operation is going on. As long as you continue speaking the word of God and not speaking the sickness itself. Okay. So your skeletal structure will be restored. Your health will spring forth speedily. So he will give you life and healing. All right. If you're humble, the Bible says he has life and healing to the contrite and humble ones. A contrite person is a person who realizes when they're wrong and make amends and apologize and say sorry and changes their minds. That's a contrite person. One who can go back to say, oh, I think I was mean there. Let me apologize. Oh, I think I was rude there. Let me apologize. I'm not talking about guilt because guilt affects the proud. Guilt never affects the humble proud people are the ones who think, I should have done better. But you see, the Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding. You're not leaning on your own strength. You're leaning on the completed work of Jesus. So a humble person refuses guilt, but instead, they realize when they're wrong. They humble themselves. They are contrite. They can change. They can say, oh, I'm sorry, I did what was wrong. I turn away from it. That's a contrite person. That's a humble person, the Bible says. Life and healing is given to such a person. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says, Isaiah 57 verse 15, it says, for thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity whose name is holy i dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble the word revive is higher haya. haya is to bring life to to bring life to you see to bring life to your spirit is to heal your very spirit and to revive again the heart of the contrite. So your spirit is healed here and your soul which contains your mind, your emotion and your will is healed as well. So if your spirit is healed, revived, given life higher and your your soul, your mind, emotion and will is also healed, then we've dealt with mental problems, emotional problems we've dealt with depression, We've we've dealt with all things that pull people down, then ultimately your body will be restored. If your spirit is whole and your your soul is whole, your body will be whole. Isn't that wonderful? So that's the life that the spirit of God wants to give you. And the Bible says in Isaiah 57 verse 18, I have seen his ways, Isaiah 57 verse 18, I have seen his ways and will heal him. Look at that. I've seen your humility. I've seen your contrition. I will heal you. I will lead him also and restore comforts unto him and to his mourners. Look at that, that God wants to comfort you. It's so beautiful. So when the Lord says, I will heal you, say, oh, thank you, Father, I am healed. You see, in the Old Testament, it was a promise. I will heal. But in the New Testament, I am healed. In fact, in the New Testament, I am health." Glory to God. That's why when I touch a sick person, they get healed. So even if your body's aching, say, I am health." In fact, you can go ahead and heal people. As you heal them, yours is healed as well, okay? As you cast demons out of them, Demons are cast out of your body as well. If this message has blessed you, please subscribe to the podcast and then favorite it. Click onto that star. Give us a good review. Send me messages so that I may talk to you as well, so that we can interact, okay? Share with your friends as well. Thank you so much. And if you're listening to me and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I believe in you. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose again for my justification. Today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive eternal life into my spirit. I am born from above. I am saved. Glory to God. If you've said that prayer, then now you're a child of God. You see, your words have changed you. Your words have made you new. Words will bring you life. Now you have eternal life, life that abides forever, life that death cannot affect. That's what salvation is. And that very same mouth of yours will bring you healing if you talk persistently against the sickness and persistently and consistently for life. So if you, conf- if you confess life, you say, I am healed, I am healthy, I am strong. If you say that consistently, and if you say, I rebuke this pain, I rebuke this disease, it has no room in my body, it has no authority over me. If you say those words consistently, come on, there's nothing that cannot be healed. You will be healed in Jesus' name. I love you so very much. I look forward to seeing you and talking to you. I look forward to bringing you good news again in the next episode. My name is Joseph Helen. Bye-bye. Thank you